0: your age. That's the topic of today's episode. And if you're watching this on video, I'm actually holding the book called Use Your Brain to Change Your Age by Dr. Daniel Amen, who's a longtime friend and he's been one of our guests on our podcast. And the reason why I'm talking about this subject is because who does not want to live longer? but not only longer, you want to live better, right? I talk about this study done with these nuns. uh, I call them super nuns. Uh, You may have seen it, it was on the cover of Time magazine where these group of women living to their 80s, 90, above, and they wanted to find out what was the secret to their longevity? They found half of it had to do with their emotional gratitude and faith, but the other half had to do, they were lifelong learners like you, like me. And so I want to encourage you to take those steps every single day and to schedule those times to build your mental fitness. Now in this episode, I'm going to take you behind closed doors to a presentation I was doing at A-Fest by Valley in Sardinia. Now, if Sardinia, Italy sounds familiar to you, it's one of the blue zones. A blue zone is somewhere one of a handful of places in the world that have this most amount of centurions, people who've reached 100 and above. Now, in this clip of this live event, I share with you research at a Harvard University about harnessing the power of imagination to be able to reduce the signs of aging, to be able to look your best, feel your best, to be able to improve your memory, your physical strength, and more. It it is absolutely startling. So enjoy this clip on how to use your brain to change your age. There was a study done by a Harvard psychologist. Her name was Ellen Langer. And uh, this was back in the 70s, in 1979 she was noticing, uh, she was looking at nursing homes, right? Senior homes. She was was there, she's like, this is not the best place for for people to thrive. How does the environment affect our health? She did this experiment where she took eight seniors, they were in their 70s, and she took them to a, a monastery, right? A place where they're gonna spend one week. And this, it it was a special kind of place because once these individuals, and a number of them had canes and they were walking out of the van, and they were just told here that you're gonna go in this place, we're gonna play a fun experiment, and you're going to pretend that it was 20 years ago. So instead of 1979, it's gonna be 1959. And you're gonna go there and you're gonna have conversations and you're gonna act as if you are 20 years younger. And she set up the environment to be able to support that. So everything that was on the news was current news. The magazine and the newspapers reflecting current times there. And they had things that wouldn't get them out of state. There were no mirrors there for them to see themselves even, right? And so they wanted to create this environment for about one week. And they had another control group of, of guys and men that were in another environment, but they were the environment. It was it was a change environment. They were just told told to reminisce about 20 years ago. Do you see the difference? Where one it was really structured as if it was 1959. The other environment, they, they're say, telling these the subjects these men who are in their 70s also just to just talk about the uh, not, not 1959s, right? What it was like to be back then. And then after one week, what do you think happened? What do you think happened after one week of them deeply immersed as if it was 1959? They were younger. And now what does that mean? How do you measure that, right? Well, they did it by physical strength. They gained physical strength. After just one week of being in this environment, they had better hearing. After one week, they had better eyesight. And their cognitive performance, like, their intelligence actually improved. They did better on memory tests after just one week. And so that's the power we have of the power of imagination. And you think about how you can employ that towards your own personal growth and your own longevity. Now, when I'm talking about imagination, who has, who has imagination in spades? Who are the fastest learners on the planet? Children, how fast can children learn things? A musical instrument or, or, or language? compared to an adult, right? Because part of the, is they, yes, part of their nervous system is still gelling, and they ask lots of questions, and they have an imagination, right? And they also what? What do children do all the time? What do they want? They want to play, right? And then when I say play, you're thinking, when's the last time you actually played? People say, well, I stopped playing because you know, I'm growing older, right? But I think it's actually the opposite, that you grow older because you stop playing. Does that make sense? And so it's not just about living longer, it's about living better. So I'm gonna give you the 10 keys to having an ageless mind. Every single one of them you've either heard me say or you intuitively know that these are important. That's not the reason I'm saying it. The reason I'm saying it is to take knowledge and turn it into power and I want you to take those ideas and have them have real impact. And what I want you to do is when I'm going through it, I want you to cycle through, and on a piece of paper, rate yourself. On a scale of zero to 10, how well am I doing in that category? Again, one-third of your memory is predetermined by genetics and biology. Let's say two-thirds in your control. These are the 10 things I would focus on, all right? So the first one is a good brain diet. So on a scale of zero to 10, what's an honest assessment? If you're honest and true to yourself, where are you on your diet? In super Brain, we talk about the, the most important foods for your brain that are neuroprotective. So we're talking about avocados, we're talking about blueberries, or what I call b- brain berries, right? We're talking about broccoli, we're talking about eggs, if you, that's allowed by your diet. We're talking about coconut oil or olive oil. We're talking about green leafy, dark vegetables, wild salmon, turmeric. I do every morning, I do like an almond turmeric tea, right? All these things are neuroprotective. Number two, killing ants, automatic negative thoughts how well are you controlling your self-talk? On a scale of zero to 10, honestly, even if you've done this with me, how strong are you? Zero to 10. Do your thoughts make a difference? Yes or yes? If I say constantly, I'm getting too old, is that going to be self-fulfilling? Yes or yes? If I say, I'm forgetful, I have a bad memory. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. So your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. That's number two. Number three, exercise. And really what we're talking about here is movement. The number one function of your brain is to control your movement, right? That's why we know there's not just a brain-body connection, but a body-brain connection, that using your body in different ways stimulates neurogenesis, it stimulates neuroplasticity, it stimulates brain-derived nootropic factors, which is the fertilizer for making new connections. So you have to move, but we live in a very sedentary life. Right? I was reading this book talking about barefoot kids and how we're taking away seesaws and spr- you know, swings and all these things. We're overprotecting them, and then we're keeping them in a very sterile environment. They're not moving as much, right? They're always on their devices, and they're not getting the brain growth, right? And it's leading to learning challenges and so on. But how much are you moving every single day? They say, they say sitting is a new smoking, right? You do not want to sit eight hours a day and just, and just study. I'm going to go through the rest fast. Number four, brain nutrients. Brain vitamins, like and I've I've kind of seen all the research. Talk to so many individuals. Find out what works for you because if you're the most important supplement is DHA for the brain, DHA. All right, that's number four. Number five, positive peer group. So rate yourself zero to ten. How inspired, encouraged, challenged, energized are you by your peer group? And again, peer is choice. I'm not talking about your family, but although they maybe are your peer, but the people that you choose. Right? So either get a new group or choose who you're going to let affect you, positive peer group, because it really affects your, your brain, zero to 10. Really fast. Number six, clean environment. How clean is your environment? How organized is six, zero to 10? And you know this, right? Is your external world reflected by your internal world and vice versa? Because it's a feedback loop. Have you ever cleaned your room, clean your desktop, clean your work area, and all of a sudden you have clarity of thought? That's number six. Number seven, sleep. On a scale of zero to 10, how good is your sleep? It's important for your brain, three really simple reasons. It's where you consolidate short to long-term memory. That's where you actually remember. You do not, even when you're doing these workouts, build your muscles when you're working out. You build it when you rest. Same thing with your mental muscles, same thing with your memory. So that's where you consolidate short to long-term memory. The other reason why you sleep is it cleans plaque out that could lead to dementia and potentially brain aging challenges. And how many people raise your hand honestly if you're not at an eight, nine or 10 or sleep? Raise your hand if you're not. And that affects it. The last reason why is how you dream, right? Your REM sleep, your REM, your REM stages of your sleep. That's very important because that's where your, your creativity, that's where I'm telling you, like we did a whole thing on Superbrain on how to remember your dreams. But specifically, why do you want to remember your dreams? Because you learn all day. Your brain doesn't shut off at night, it's, it's more active at night. And so Elias Howe created a sewing machine in his dream. Paul McCartney came out with the song Yesterday in his dream. Mary Shelley came up with Frankenstein in his dream. Periodic Table came to a chemist in his dream. What are you dreaming about at night that could solve a lot of the problems in your business, in your life, but you forget it the next morning? That's why the first thing I do in my morning routine is remember my dreams and six steps on how to do that we we talked about in, in Superbrain. After that, sleep, eight, brain protection. Are you protecting your brain? And I'm not just talking about about wearing a helmet in extreme sports. Yes, that's obvious. I've had a series of you know, traumatic brain injuries and concussions and all those challenges. Yes, but I mean like things like EMFs. Like we did a podcast episode specifically talking about um, electromagnetic fields and how it's affecting the brain. Is that affecting the brain, you think? Do you think it's normal? Do you think we evolve or are born to be able to be able to handle all the electricity that's coming out of these smart devices? You know, I read recently that over 90% of kids sleep with their phones underneath their pillows. Right? Not on airplane mode, right? So it's it's big 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 challenge. We just did two videos on that that have 4 million views in just a matter of weeks. You should watch watch those videos. EMFs protect your brain. Number 9, new learnings. New learnings meaning that you might've seen the longevity, this is a longevity conference, on the cover of Time Magazine where there was this uh, study on nuns who were living 80, 90, and above. What was the secret to their longevity? Part, part, part of it was their emotional faith, gratitude. The other half, lifelong learners. These group of women were just learning every day, reading every day, having deep conversations, doing the work every single day. It added years to their life and life to their years. So always learning, and I'm preaching to the choir here, but. I, I know for a fact most of you could actually push it even more, all right? That's how you create neurogenesis and neuroplasticity. If you want to know the secret to, to having an ageless mind, neurogenesis says you could create new brain cells the day you die, neuroplasticity is saying you could create new connections the day you die. The two most important factors outside of sleep that's going to promote neurogenesis and neuroplasticity, novelty and nutrition. Just like your body, you have to give it novelty or stimulus, and you have to give it nutrition and feed that muscle. Does that make sense? Same thing with your mental muscles. So novelty of movement, novelty of ideas. But most people, as we grow older, and I I mean chronological age, we shut down because we feel like we know everything, right? So there's no novelty that's there. There's a Rumi quote that said, sell your cleverness for bewilderment. Like, When's the last time you felt bewildered? Remember, you don't have creativity or have focus or have a memory or have bewilderment or have love or have motivation or have energy. You do those things. You do energy, you do creativity, you do focus, you do bewilderment. So we're taking nouns turning them into verbs and we're taking a structure, a process, a strategy on how you can replicate that at will. And finally, the last thing, number 10, stress management. And this is the invisible one, right? Nobody wants to talk about, but you're under a, how many people didn't realize how much stress they were under until they were like hanging out here on the beach? Because because it's like fish, they don't see the water because it's there all the time, but we are under so much environmental stress, pollutants, environmental stress, emotional stress, work stress, cognitive stress, financial stress, and we don't realize that, but you don't get the best of the best out of that, right? It's good for fight or flight, sympathetic mode, but when you wanna go, when you wanna be able, it's not good if you need to think, if you're in stress, it doesn't help you study. When you're stressed, it doesn't help you give a presentation. When you're stressed, it doesn't help you perform cognitively because it shuts down cortisol, adrenaline, big parts of your brain. So stress management. So how are you managing your stress? I hope you enjoyed this episode. The question I would ask you right now is, how are you using your imagination? Your mind doesn't know the difference between something you vividly imagine and something that is real. And when we're going through in our mind, Uh, Things that uh, we are maybe even scared of or fearful of we start rehearsing that and so the mind is a powerful tool it can be used for something that supports you or not support you so how can you change your environment, the people, the places, the things, in order to be able to enhance your very best self. I want you to share those answers, take a screenshot of this episode, tag me in it, share your big aha from this episode as always. And to reference this, if you go back, if you like to pick up this book online, it's called Use Your Brain to Change Your Age. There's a whole chapter in there about my work where Dr. Amen interviews me talking about how to use brain training to keep mentally fit even as we grow older. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag quickbrain kwik brain. Mine is at JimQuick KWIK on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So, what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach.